Session 6. Application and Overview. Introduction. The final step in effective Bible study is application. This happens when the truth of Scripture changes our lives. Ultimately, this is where we hoped our study might lead. It answers the all-important question of, so what? Suppose a chef prepares a wonderful feast, but no one ever eats it. We might wonder about the value of his work. The true worth of food is that it nourishes the body. Food strengthens a person and causes growth. Regardless of how good food might look, smell, or taste, if it is not consumed, it cannot do its job. Scripture is food for our souls. It nourishes life with God, building strength within and growing our relationship with God. If we only pray over, observe, and explore Scripture, but never apply it in our lives, we will grow weak. We might spend hours preparing a feast of wonderful insights into God's Word. But if we do not consume it, we will miss the ultimate reward of Bible study. Jesus promised, Whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.19 So James admonished early Christians, Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 1.22 Further, he maintained, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. James 1.25 We must apply the truths of Scripture to our lives. Application Bridging Two Worlds The task of application involves bridging our world with the world of the Bible. These are very different worlds in many ways separated by time and culture, but they are also much the same in other ways. People did not drive cars, fly in airplanes, or work on computers in the Bible, but they do experience love, hope, and joy, as well as loss, despair, and sorrow. Most importantly, they experience God. In application, we look for ways the two worlds are similar. During the exploration step of Bible study, we try to discover the message of a passage for its original readers. In the application step, we want to discover the message of a passage for contemporary readers. In order to do this well, we must look for parallels in their circumstances as well as principles that can transfer from one to another. Parallels between our world and the biblical world might occur in a number of ways. Paul's experience of prison in Rome may not match life for many of us. But some can identify with his feelings of confinement and his temptation to despair about his situation in life. So when he testifies to being content in his circumstance in Philippians 4, 11-12, we might ask what advice he could offer that would apply to our lives today. Fortunately, Paul lays down principles for finding contentment in difficult circumstances rather than specifics about how to engage guards or work the Roman prison system to his advantage. He admonishes those to whom he writes to focus upon whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is admirable. Philippians 4.8 Any person anywhere can apply this principle of positive thinking anytime. So both parallels and principles make these words a relevant message for people today. Kinds of Application Scripture can apply to our lives in several different ways. 
It can inform and encourage us as well as challenge and rebuke us. It might call us to action and to speak up, but it might also direct us to wait and be silent. Scripture gives us specific things to do as well as great mysteries to ponder. It might leave us speechless, but it can also give us words to speak. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that Scripture is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3.16 As Paul suggests, Scripture may teach us a truth that we need to believe. It might also point out a sin that needs to be confessed or an attitude or behavior that needs changing. It could also give us an example of good living that we can follow. Ultimately, Scripture will show us how to be a servant of God. It will tell us to put things into our lives as well as take things out in order to be equipped for every good work. In Psalm 19, the psalmist lists a number of benefits we experience when we apply God's Word to life. These include refreshing the soul, giving joy to the heart, and giving light to the eyes. Verses 7-8 through eight. Such rewards indicate that Scripture gives us promises to claim, as well as things for which to thank God. When we apply God's promises to our circumstances, our souls are refreshed. So also, when we thank God in the midst of our circumstances, our hearts experience joy, and our eyes see the hope we have in God. Speak it and write it. Two practices help assure that we will apply Scripture to life speaking it, and writing it. Dawson Troutman, the founder of Navigators, used to say, Thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through the lips and fingertips. This is very true. As we encounter life-changing truths in the Bible, we will want to put them into our own words, either audibly or in writing. Many people find journaling during Bible study helpful. They write down those things that God seems to say to them through His words. Sometimes, these can be in the form of prayers to God. After reading the admonition to be quick to listen and slow to speak in James 1.19, we might write a prayer asking the Lord to prompt us to do that today. The nice thing about a journal is that no one else will read it. We can express our thoughts freely without worrying about spelling, punctuation, or legibility. No teacher will check it. The important thing is that we write what God has put on our hearts. We might also share with someone else what Scripture has said to us. A partner in Bible study will encourage us to apply the truth of Scripture. If the sharing is mutual, that is even better. As we listen to the truths a friend has discovered in Scripture and then share our insights, we will build each other up in the faith. Also, once we have told another person what we are hearing in God's Word, we will be more likely to follow through. This could be done with a small group of friends as well as one other person. One other way to speak the truth of Scripture is to make the prayers of the Bible our prayers. We can personalize the words of Psalm 51, for example, and make it our own prayer of confession and repentance to God. On another occasion, we can speak the words of Psalm 30 as an affirmation of our faith. Of course, Jesus instructed all His disciples to pray the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9-13. As we pray these words from our hearts, we are applying them to our lives. Whose Meaning? We should be alert to a pitfall in making applications. 
Sometimes people grasp at a message that fits their circumstances more than it fits the text. Situations in life can cause people to jump on ideas that are often cursory or not even relevant to the point of a Bible passage. For example, athletes may be inspired by God's command, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, Isaiah 43.18. They may hear it as a message to leave past defeats behind and try harder in the future. That passage, however, actually admonishes God's people to trust in God's ultimate victory in this world and wait for it. Hope for the future rests on what God will do, not so much what His people will do. Some scholars, in fact, have suggested that whatever meaning a reader gets from a text is okay. They say that a text has no meaning until a reader finds a message in it. But do we want to order our lives according to a message that we have created? or according to one that the Bible intended to convey. The latter seems more needed for most of us. We may have some good ideas about life, but most of us need to hear what the Creator of life has to say about it through His Word. Therefore, we may not want to ask, what does the Bible mean to me? That could lead us to think that we give our own subjective meaning to the text. Rather, we should ask, how does the message of the Bible apply to my life? That clarifies that the Bible controls the message, not us. Testing Truth This is why we will want to test the validity of a truth we seek to apply to life. First, we will want to be sure it actually comes out of the Bible passage itself. The exploration step of our study should help ensure this connection. If we try to hear the message given to an original audience, then we lessen the risk of reading our own ideas into the passage. We can also test the validity of a truth by finding other Bible passages that support it. An idea that no other part of the Bible mentions is suspect. The Bible has a way of reinforcing important ideas in several places. This is an element of the unity of Scripture. So we will want to read Scripture in light of other Scripture. Many modern translations include notes that interconnect Bible passages. These prove helpful in seeing the same truth repeated in other passages. Also, we will want to submit the truth of a Bible passage to the threefold test of reason, experience, and tradition. The test of reason simply asks if the truth we perceive makes sense. Is it reasonable? Of course, with God, things may not always seem to make sense from a human standpoint. But we might ask, if God is truly God in this world, could this be a reasonable action or thought? The test of experience asks how a truth works in real life. This test often gets immediate results since life has a way of teaching us about reality. Once we apply an idea in the trenches of life, we find out pretty quickly if it is actually valid. For example, some people think that Paul admonishes us to believe that everything will go smoothly for those who trust God. After all, he writes, in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Romans 8.28 But real-life experience tells us that life is not always good for God's people. They face many challenges. What they do experience, though, is God working to transform difficult circumstances into something that is good. The final test, the test of tradition, simply asks how other Christians have understood the truth of a passage. The way in which Christians throughout history have applied a text provides helpful guidance for us today. We can turn to a trusted saint of the church and ask how they have applied the truth of a passage. 
This could be someone we know or Christians who have left us their thoughts in a book. Their wisdom will be worth hearing, for they have been there before us. The Holy Spirit and Application We must never forget that we have supernatural help for applying Scripture to life. The Spirit of God works in us to guide our understanding and application of the Bible. Jesus promised it would be so. He told His disciples, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. The application step is one of those moments in our study of Scripture when we will want to pray. We can simply utter the words suggested in session 3, Lord, help me apply your truth to my life this day. If we keep our hearts open, we can be sure this prayer will be answered. Conclusion Application is the step of our study of Scripture that makes all the hard work worthwhile. It allows us to grow in our relationship with God and become the people He desires us to be and that we desire to be. When we apply His Word to our lives, we begin to understand why the psalmist said, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Psalm 119, 103 Application 1. Look at the learner objectives for this session. Can you Explain why application is important for studying Scripture Describe how we can bridge the world of the Bible to our world. List different kinds of applications we might make. Explain the difference between our meaning and the Bible's meaning. Test the validity of our application. 2. Read Psalm 119, 97-104, and reflect on how the psalmist must have applied the Word of God in his life.